The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. everyone, welcome back to Worthy of Recognition, our look at your personal Mount Rushmore of Star Wars names and faces. And this month, I am glad to be sitting here with Gundark2000. Everybody say hello to Mike. Mike, what's going on, man? No, not much. I'm sitting here chilling in my office with my two doggies and looking at my, my action figures sitting on my shelf. <laughs> nice. What kind of dogs? Hey, one's a German Shepherd mix, and the other's a little gold coonhound. Cool. Mm-hmm. I miss having Flat a dog. Your baby. I miss having a so, dog, something fierce. So if you guys hear some panting and occasional uh, change rattling, it's my two puppies sitting here. <laughs> People sending you DMs. Uh, Mike, are you having respiratory issues, Mike? You should see a doctor. <laughs> Or maybe it's just so hot that you can't help it. You know, you, you got to pet yeah, right? and hang your tongue out of your head. Well, I'm down here in South Carolina, so it wouldn't be that far off. Walk outside, it's like, oh, God, it's hot out. Well, we spoke a bit about that beforehand, but it seems like everybody is just melting. And I, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about just us here in, in North America. Our friends in the UK are currently melting. Like, we're all yep. just being seared by this nuclear ball in the sky. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as I like well, to say, Wendell, remember this day in February. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I've been thinking is all the time. It, it's bitter cold, and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait till it gets warm again. Yeah. And then so I was getting exactly. like, oh my God, I can't wait till it cools off again. We're it's never just happy. Never we're, just, we're just a bunch of complainers. Right. Mm-hmm. The older we get, the worse it gets. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let's. Age let's... Yeah. <laughs> We feel like we've earned the right to complain at this age, right? Yeah, exactly. I've put in my time. I can complain if I want. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get into your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars. I think you're, you're an OT era guy. Mm-hmm. You were That's lucky right. enough to have ca- uh, caught the OT films in the cinema back in the day. I caught um, A New Hope and Empire. And I didn't get the – never got around to seeing the Jedi in the theater, even when they came out the uh, with the re-releases, unfortunately. You just, you just tapped always, out. I had always, enough after two. I'm tapping out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, in my, I was in my late teens at that time, well, mid, mid-teens. And, of course, I was, at that time, I was more interested in girls and cars and music and stuff. So it was kind of fading up a little bit. I get that. Yeah. And, and even then when um, – what do you call one? The, uh, the uh, Phantom Menace and uh, you know this, the prequels when they came out. Um, we we're gonna, I was gonna go see the uh, you know Phantom Menace in, in the theater. Lines were like horrendous, so I was gonna you know wait a little bit. But then I started hearing the uh, the bad you know the negative comments and blah blah blah. 
saying that kind of kept with Attack of the Clones and then uh, Revenge of the Sith came along. So I didn't bother seeing any of those movies in the theater. And then, of course, after seeing uh, um, Revenge of the Sith, when it finally came out on uh, on, on uh, DVD. And I watched that and you know, seeing all the visuals, I was kicking myself in the butt. Like, I should have seen this in the theater. This is flipping awesome. So when um, the last, not the last Jedi, uh, mm, oh, I'm, I'm a brain fart right now. The Force Awakens. <laughs> the Force Awakens. I did, I did that the other week too. Because <laughs> having a brain fart. <laughs> it's late. Yeah, when the Force Awakens came uh, was was announced, and all the run up to that, I was like, I we're going to see this. We're going to see this. We're going to see this. And as we were dri- driving up to the theater. Um, the thought occurred to me I have not seen the Millennium Falcon on screen in over 30 years because the last time I saw it was uh, Empire Strikes Back and I was like this is going to be awesome and when that sh- ship uh, Rain Finn uh, jump on that ship after the other after the quad runner gets blown up that was a great thr- moment throttle, thr- throttle up and, and that tarp comes flying, flying over and I was like oh yes and then she almost wrecks it <laughs> <laughs> at first i was like oh my god don't no 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 and then she finally gets it off the ground and then <laughs> the rest is as i say history <laughs> i remember that moment clear as day and i i i kick myself because i've told this story before in the pod i don't know if you remember it but i remember watching i think it was it was um jimmy kimmel mm-hmm. and it was just a couple of days before the force awakens came out and I was pretty well spoiled on the movie, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like the the moment to moment beats. And so they showed this clip, and it was when they're running away from the that little outpost, and they, the the clip cuts right at the garbage will do. Uh, sorry, right. no, is that was it? Yeah, I think that's where it cut off. The garbage will do, and right be- like it cuts off before it pans over to the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, I, w- I wonder what happens next." And it never even occurred to me that the next shot would be our unveil to the to the Falcon for the first time it's since the Falcon, yeah, eighty three. I felt like such mm-hmm. a fool for not for like that was like the easiest thing to predict in the world, right? All right, so let's get into your, um, into your mountain Mount Rushmore of of Star Wars. Uh, four faces, four names. Let's let's uh, let's hear your first name. Okay. Um... I would probably say the first person that actually really started this all off uh, would be my mother. And I was actually talking to her last night about this, although she didn't really shed a lot of uh, a lot of light on uh, kind of what I was remembering because it's 40 years ago. She her memory is not as good as it used to be either. Um, but a few weeks. Um, coming up to uh, when the movie was released, uh, my cousins were all ranting and raving about it, and they went uh, open, opening weekend to see it, right? And mom's like, "Yeah, okay." And I'm, I'm just begging her, like, "Okay, you gotta take me, you gotta take me, you gotta take me." Like, okay. And she, I do remember her asking my aunt about how long the lines were. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, only around the block. And my, she literally did the face palms like, oh, my God. 
what, what a terrible gonna, thing. Like, we're is gonna, this, we're going to wait a couple of weeks. Is this an so. actually of May of 77 when it first came out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, boy. So this is really so the, the origin point of Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they went and they had um, – my cousin was showing me uh, the booklet that they had gotten, which I have one myself because they were still saying them out when the, when we went. It was you know, pictures and stuff from the uh, from the movie and uh, descriptions and things like that. I got a laying around somewhere, which I got to actually do have to dig up sometime. I'll uh, post some pictures of it on the uh, on the website. But like I said we went uh, a couple weeks later, and we got there a little bit late. It was like uh, 15, 20 minutes late. So we go go in. Theater's pretty you know pretty full, but it was a matinee, so we find a couple of uh, decent seats. And I was just sitting down, and it's just at the part where uh, R2 is uh, rolling through the canyon, kind of you know, twittering toward himself, really uh, sad like. And then I'm like, "Wow, that's cool!" And all of a sudden, the Jawa pops that pops out from behind a rock and blasts him. Right. I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so we stayed, watched the movie, and because we got there late and missed the beginning. We're just staying out. See, watched it over again. That's pretty and cool. I was like, you like? Did you like it? I was like, it was awesome. It was great. This is the next best thing since sliced bread. It's like, oh, well, I'm glad you liked it. <clears throat> but, well, then, it's, um, it's funny though, right? Like, I wonder. I've always wondered when our parents first introduce us. And I think often it's parents who introduce Star Wars to their kids. <laughs> I wonder if they knew what they're getting us into. Did they think that um, we would still be into not, this into, well into middle age? Obsessed yeah, def- more than def- we ever, ever been. Not, not back in 77 because at, at that time we weren't really even, even sure how the movie was going to be uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, received. Yeah, and, I guess uh, there's no way of knowing. After, after, after a couple of months, and it was you know, constantly full theaters and all that, make make a good, good money in that. And if I remember right, they, that movie was in in theaters almost over, I think, over a year, or at least I've heard that. So, and of course, yeah. Then, uh, and then Empire comes out, but even before, actually, uh, going up before that, you know, all the toys are coming out. So, you know, that Christmas at seventy seven, I got. Some some action figures. I think I got the uh, the, the X wing, uh, oh. the X wing fighter, and the following Christmas I got when the uh, Millennium Falcon came out. I I got that, and and most of, and of course you know most of the time it was either my mom went shopping with stuff or was, you know mom and dad going, but um, most of almost all the times the, uh, the those presents and stuff it was stuff that she was actually uh, picking up because she you know she knew I liked. Dad, you know, they find you know from mom and dad, but you know, like I said it was all you know stuff that she was uh, getting for me, and also you know over the years she'd see uh, see something to pick it up for me, and you know things that I wouldn't even think of um, getting like um, back in ninety two ninety three um, the uh, Thorn uh, Thorn trilogy, right? I got in the I got the fir- the first novel. Absolutely loved it. I got a second novel, and, and then I moved over to Spain, so I never was um, never got the third one. 
Well, she picked up the uh, the audio book version of the whole the whole trilogy when it was released. Oh my goodness! And how many cassettes was that? It was <laughs> might have been like six six or seven cassettes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, the three it was the three the three stories, and um, the the fourth one was um, Hammer Tong, uh, T- uh, Tanika Sisters, which yeah. uh, they have also, they also have that on that uh, Tales of uh, uh, was it Tales of Most Icely? Or Tales of Most Icely Canteen or something like that? Uh, something like that. I think you're right. And, and the funny thing, the one thing that bugged me about that particular story was the sound effects on it. She spoke, uh, I, I can't remember which sister it was, but she's supposed to be riding a speeder bike and they're using like a Harley sound effect on it. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's a tacky. <laughs> but it was a good story. So anyway, now she she had got gotten that for me um, back in '97 uh, when they had the uh, the re-releases of the movies. They no '97 uh, no it was 2007. I'll take that back. Uh, 30th, the 30th anniversary, and the the post office had uh, brought out the you know his first day of issues uh, stamps the whole whole sheet of all the different uh, stamps of different the different characters um, like uh, some of the uh, Phantom Menace and uh, New Hope and Empire along the whole sheet so they're both so she got me the one the one sheet of uh i think it might have been 20 stamps on there but all, all together makes you know one big picture yeah and then besides that is um it was uh two uh car um uh, uh, what do you call uh, like picture no it was the i don't know what the heck it was um it was uh, one of the old um um, well, the old artworks of uh, Luke Skywalker doesn't have uh, doesn't have the lightsaber up. He, he's kind of got like out at his front, and then below that um, envelope with the uh, with the stamp stamp on first day of issue and uh, another um, painting or something on there. Uh, that one and, and another thing she had gotten me. Um, another year she picked up so these uh, the collector's plates. With the, uh, some of the uh, some of the characters, it was like Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, uh, New Hope, um, different things on the on the you know, on the plate. Okay. Um, another set was uh, you know, the Millennium Falcon, uh, Tie Fighter, and uh, X-wing Fighter. But, yeah, Your mom was really like quite the enabler, really right? Nice yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> Mine too. Don't worry about it. They're <laughs> just feeding the habit like crazy. And then they, they, sometimes like moms, like they, they, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? If it has the star Wars logo on it, I'm probably going to like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty easy to shop for. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, same over the years. Um, one of the, one of the uh, people she worked with was uh, a star Wars fan. And he was always getting the, uh, the novels, you know, the, the legends novels. Well, legends now there were EU, EU novels at the time. Um, so she, he get, gave her a bunch of them, and she sent sent those down to me. So I got like maybe about twenty five or thirty of uh, the different novels, but I never really never read them. I started reading some of them, never really get, never got into them. Which is on the on the one hand, it's a good thing on, on the one hand because I've gone into these new movies without all that um, legends stuff, all clogging. that baggage, right? Right, all that baggage. And like I say, other other people, um, 
they've gone through all the uh, like say all the Han Solo uh, stories and stuff, and still had it fresh in their mind. Then go see Solo and didn't like the movie. Me on the other hand, I don't have any of that, and I absolutely love the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle. I I read a bunch of Legend stuff, but at a certain point, I was just like, Ugh. like if like George Lucas at one point was like, if you want to consider them canon, go right ahead. But I don't, and mm-hmm. I was like, wait, he doesn't. I don't either. <laughs> and then, of course, they, they killed Chewie, and that that was it for me. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm not reading any it. more of this stuff. You killed Chewie, you lost me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard about that, and I never read that one. Nope. that's that. I, I went right up to that uh, line, and I said, I'm done. I am not wasting any more of my time on Star Wars Legends, and I know I've missed some, some good stuff, but yeah. uh, no, you, you lose me at killing Chewie. So Abrams better not... Uh, but I'm not misstep in yeah, episode yeah, no, nine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no killing off Chewie. As I say, talking about that, it's like, oh, Lando coming back. Is he going to get the Falcon back? And every time somebody says that, it's like, no, that's Chewbacca's ship now. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's his, that's his ship. I mean, he might, maybe the two of them will go fly off into the sunset. That's that's kind of that my theory. Thing, with that little thing, it would be cool, cool if they uh, copy that, that one shot. Um, in the Falcon with uh, Lando instead of L3 with uh, Chewie and do that little finger point thing. <laughs> Punch it, Chewie. Yep, that's exactly my, kind of, my theory of, of how they end nine. Punch it, Chewie, and that's and, it. Iris out. All right, so mom. Uh, Moms are spoiling us left, right, and center. Yeah. Like, was your mom a fan at all, or was she just like, oh, Mike I likes this, know. so I'm just going to keep I mean, feeding she, the habit. She likes some, some uh, sci-fi stuff, but... Not a not a lot, um, but she like I said, you know, she she knew I like the stuff, so she would buy the stuff for me. Yeah, so, same here. It's one of those things you like you like seeing your children happy. Yeah, that's a good and, mom, and, and it made me happy. Yeah, she's like, I, I I don't get this, but it makes my kid happy, so I'm gonna buy it. That, that's a, that's a yeah. good mom. Like I, I remember one time I was um, how old maybe like nine nine or ten. So I remember sitting in my uh, room early one morning playing with my figures. I got, I had actually uh, fabricated a uh, trash compactor out of a shoebox with a had a pencil and a piece of cardboard to push the wall and I had it all full full of foam and I got the, the figures in there. And I'm playing. I think I was playing the uh, soundtrack in the background. Nice. Mom <laughs> um, opens the door. She's like, "Oh, so you're having fun?" <laughs> like, "Yeah, hi." <laughs> Like okay, I said, well, make sure you're okay. Didn't hear anything. <laughs> we won't mention that this just this just happened about two years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that that could be a thing that happens. It's, it's funny. Yeah, though, like, right? I you know, you mentioned that off the top that you watched A New Hope and Empire, and then of course you got into your late teens and girls became more important than anything else, and that's that is completely understandable. But now that we're com- like well into adulthood. It's like no, no, no. Star Wars is like a life priority now. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 be serious here. Forget all this other stuff. I got I need my galaxy far, far away on a platter all the time. Mm-hmm. So weird that uh, like my 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 parents they didn't really hassle me over it, but my grandma sure did. She was always like, "What are you doing? Like, grow up. This is kid stuff." <laughs> and I'm like, "But it's Why are you made by grownups." <laughs> Anyway. Baby dolls. Why are you playing with the baby dolls? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So, mom, number one on the list. Who mm-hmm. is number two on your list, Mike? 
Um, well, number two, it's – well, these are not exactly – well, mom's going to be in number one, but they're not all exactly in order. But I'm probably going to say my second one's going to be um, – I know other people have said also, but it's uh, got to be John Williams. Beautiful pick. When you, when you think about it, um, if without that music, the movie – these movies uh, franchises would not be the same. Not and even, even close. You, you watch um, – you watch Rogue One and um, Solo, two different composers. Although they've they've took a lot of um, stuff from Williams into it, but it's still a little bit a different sound. Um, not now that being said, they do really do like the Rogue One and, and Solo soundtracks. But like I said, you could you could hear it's it's a different composer, a different style. Yeah, and for for yeah. us OT guys, it they all, it feels like I've heard this said to me before that it's it's at its best when it's familiar, mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. something that I, I think that comes purely from nostalgia because like you know we're we're so we're so steeped in in, in the nostalgia of everything Star Wars, but mm-hmm. I think if you if you would ask somebody who doesn't know anything about Star Wars about the music, they go, yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they would say was was musically the best piece or technically uh, the best piece, but for us, we're like, oh, I know that. That's that's like the asteroid field, or you know, that there. Oh, there's the imperial march. Oh, the opening thing, yeah. And then and there's, but there are those particular themes that even somebody who has no clue um, about the movies at all would recognize those themes. The main title theme, like you said, imperial march, probably. Um, the Force theme, Twin Suns. They're music pieces that have been used even in parody, in, whether it be parodies on TV commercials, uh, a lot of other places that people have heard that before. Yeah, it's so it's, like, it's oh, completely transcendent so. for sure. Mm-hmm. And now going back to one thing, and of course it's like just going right back to mom. Um, when the album came out. I think it may have been set seven, could have been the end of 77, 78, whenever, whenever it came out. They, she got that for me, and I listened to the album a billion times. I mean, it was like constant. Dum, 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 dum. Um, I still have the uh, I don't have it with me here in my house. I have, it's back at my parents' house. But when next time I'm up there with with the car or something, I'm going to be taking a bunch of stuff. And of course, that's going to be coming back with me. I'm going to put that up, hanging on the wall, and a, and a nice. Uh, frame or something it's kind of beat up i even got uh either on the back of it or inside of it or something got the uh, the top stickers from uh either from uh either from a new hope or from uh empire I don't know which this, one is those. The, this is the this is the vinyl on the, back, the on, two disc vinyl on the vinyl on the two disc vinyl original roger one from 77 78 mine has a nice poster inside yeah, um, it's a really bizarre one. It's it's it, it was painted and commissioned before the movie came out, and the, the artist mm-hmm. whose name I forget was given sort of a, an overview, and he was given some some pictures, and he said like just draw a space battle with this. And said okay. okay, so he kind of put the Death Star in, and he put a bunch of Tie Fighters and X Wings, but he also put a bunch of Millennium Falcons because nobody told him that there would only <laughs> be one in the movie. Be one. So I was like, wait a sec, that's. Why is there why is there like five falcons in this poster? Oh, okay. 
If you get it, if you get a second, take a picture of that and uh, post it on the uh, web on the uh, Facebook page. I want to see that. Yeah, I'll absolutely do that. Make a note right here. Sure. So yeah, so uh, what is your? Do you have a favorite John Williams soundtrack? Is it? Is it go right back to favorite, the original? Favorite. Um, well, yeah. I mean, they're they're. I wouldn't say my. Um, how would I explain? Well, let's just say my at the moment my overall favorite right now from everything that's been been out over all these years is actually Ray's theme. So it's something about the beginning of that with the chimes and and the flutes and that. it's awesome. It's it's beautiful. And the funny thing is something hit me um I think when that was it? It was actually this past Christmas. Um I was listening to the theme and just that beginning with with the ch- the chimes and the and the flutes and that I was like, this sounds like a Christmas song. <laughs> if you think about it, the ne- next time you listen to the beginning of yeah, it, the think, well, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's a very similar Christmas. instrumentation. And of, course, and of course, and of course, being released in December, even more so. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I wonder so, if that played into John Williams' mindset at all. So, race theme is a Christmas song. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I will take any opportunity I can yeah. to get that theme into my ears. Mm-hmm. It is. It is really one of the best. And it's when you think that about it, it's, is... it's two and a half years old. We've had this theme for two and a half years old, and it's already kind of embedded itself, imprinted itself into our into our Star Wars DNA. Mm-hmm. As far as other themes, um, Cantina Band. I, I had the opportunity to listen to a. Uh, more of an extended uh, version of that. I can't remember where I got it on one of my uh, MP, it's one of my MP3s here, and I was, I was listening to that, and I'm noticing different kind of c- connections to uh, Cantobite. So if you, oh, sure. Uh, the, there's ele- elements in both of them. It's like okay, so he's doing the uh, writing the the Cantobite. He's kind of, kind of trying to re not really redo, but kind of revive that feeling of what what, it, what they got when they did the uh, the Cantina Band music. Yeah, I feel like on some level, when Ryan Johnson was first writing the movie and kind of going through the paces in his mind, I think for sure at some point he's, he thought, well, this is probably the only Star Wars movie I'll ever do. So I want to mm-hmm. get in as many experiences as I, as I can. And I want my own sort of uh, cantina song right so he he when he was working with williams he kind of used a lot of existing star wars music to say i want something like this something like or that. an updated yeah, version of that and i i, I got to imagine that once they got to once yeah once they got the canto bite he probably said like i this is my cantina scene like make something mm-hmm. crazy and he really did he went yeah. nuts with that with that song but it all it all comes back to a cantina band Mm-hmm. It, it, it's and so another, funny. Another and another theme I like uh, just uh, one from the uh, solo movie is uh, Hans theme. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I li- listened to the uh, soundtrack. I think it was the second time around. I was listening to it a bit closer, so I listened to uh, uh, which one that one was? Uh, Meet Han Solo or the Adventures of Han Solo? I think is that's the second Hans track. Theme. And anyway, it's the one the one that he wrote for uh, for Han. And then as, as you're listening to the rest of the soundtrack, you, you that theme is constantly replayed 
over. Oh, it's, over. it's all over the soundtrack. Different, different, yeah. And you're right. Uh, Ad- Adventures of Han is the first track, and Meet Han is, is the second track. Right. Right. Adventures of Han. That's what I was thinking of. And yeah, it, it recurs throughout the whole entirety of uh, of the soundtrack, which, which I was like, oh, that's cool. Now, I loved what they did with the. Um, of course, it's, we're not talking, it's not John Williams, but we're just talking about the soundtrack right now. Um, when uh, Emphasis Nest and the Marauders, that. Oh, man, that is that is so that, good. That, 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 the, the, the music and that kind of Japanesey uh, feel in there. It's that, it's that really good. Like, I, I can't I can't wait till that movie comes out on on Blu-ray. I'm, I'm immediately gonna watch it. I'm gonna sit, grab a couple of beers and sit, sit in front of my uh, TV in my office and I'm gonna turn up the volume like yes. Are you a Party digital guy. guy or are you a Blu-ray guy? Uh, Blu-ray. Same here. And so that yeah, means you I have like, to wait two two weeks extra. Right. There's, there's something about the physical physical media I like, I like to have. I've changed you know, my yeah. I've changed my like habits. Well, I'm looking at two two of my uh, two of my racks full of uh, Blu-rays and uh, DVDs. I guess I got them all sitting there. I used to buy so, a I mean, chronic the, DVD buyer. I used to just buy so many. I have like three or four big boxes full of DVDs that I that some I never watched. I just wanted to have the movie. Mm-hmm. And I never, it's still in the plastic. I never watched a damn okay. thing. Yeah, like to just add to the collection movie you've, you've seen already and just want to have it for the collection type thing. Yeah, now I literally can't give them away. Like, I would love to just dump all those boxes, but I'm, I'm so much more selective now. So, typically, like, if a movie is on Netflix or on demand, I'll watch it there. But if it's a Star Wars movie <laughs> or an MCU movie or a superhero movie or like one of those movies that you need to see on the big screen, I will mm-hmm. buy the physical media. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where my, movie collecting has has sort of transitioned to where if it's something I know I I will watch repeatedly, I'll, I'll buy it on Blu-ray and just, it'll pay for itself over time. Yeah. It's not with me. It's not necessarily if it's, um, I'm going to be watching it over and over. It's, you you see uh, trailers for movies you want to see, but you don't get a chance to see it in theater. So I was like, okay, okay. When it comes out on the Blu-ray, when I pass by over at Walmart or something, I'll buy it and I'll watch it. Not put on the rack. There's a, there's a few of them. I'll, I'll go back to watch again and again and again. Absolutely. Let and me ask you this. Let me ask you about the future of Star Wars music in a world without John Williams. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for Ryan Johnson's trilogy, for example, should they, should there be like this is the Star Wars theme with the opening crawl? Should that just carry over, and the new composer will would just literally use that music? And then everything in between can be his own, but yeah, I, I would I would uh, probably say yes for first for the saga movies use that theme. I, that that's where I'm at right now, but I can't separate myself from the nostalgia of it. Like to me, there's no downside to it. So use that, make like have it all feel Star Wars by using that opening crawl and the music associated to it, and then mm-hmm. do do whatever you want after that. Right. But yeah, I, I yeah, feel like John Williams' fingerprints have to be all can, over it. They can, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can, you know, it could be a completely different, you know, uh, another composer doing the uh, doing the music in that, um, and just you know, keeping that opening theme in there. So it's like it seems to make um, perfect sense to any, me. You know, any any other movie fran- uh, franchise, even if you get if it's a different composer, there's uh, one tr- one track that's associated with that particular franchise 
So then they'll, be, they'll use that song or the, that piece over and over again in the beginning of it. You know, kind of like in a, a TV series. So it's always has that opening, uh, that opening track that you know, oh, that's that such and such show. It makes sense to me. Uh, so we, we, yeah, so John Williams is on mm-hmm. your list, and I think he's he, he's definitely on mine. If I had to do this, he would certainly be a part of my Mount Rushmore. Uh, Empire is my favorite soundtrack. Um, a New Hope is, I think you said A New Hope was was yours, but did you have? Yeah. Yeah, so A New Hope is yours, and that's that's obviously understandable. I think that's the Oscar winner, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Good call, man. I think it was. I think it was. Um, and of course, you know, that's the uh, New Hope's the one soundtrack I've listened to the most times. That I've, even just hearing a little, a uh, couple of notes of one of the tracks, and or at least maybe not not now, but I used to be able to hear three or four notes, and oh, that's that track. Oh, it's that track. Oh, it's that part. That's that uh, scene in the movie. I think but my favorite. Nowadays, Nowadays, I do that with regular music. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Only I, three I, notes or uh, a, a section of vocal of something. Oh, that's disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite cut from the... Uh, from, when I'm listening to the uh, A New Hope soundtrack, I think my favorite part is uh, Leia's theme. Because mm-hmm. you don't really get that in the movie, but just to hear the full piece as it appears on the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, it's a, be- it's a beautiful piece. Definitely. Did you did you pick up the? They released recently, and I mean, like at some point in the last year, the remastered originals. Uh, not the physical copy, but I do have. I do actually have that on the as digital. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that stuff, as far yeah, as far as CDs and stuff go, I tend to have a lot more um, of that as uh, just did uh, digital copies and uh, CDs. And then uh, recently, I'd say within the last year and a half, I've been buying uh, CDs again, just uh, more to have as uh, the collection. So I've I acquired all the uh, our all of our Mains albums. Uh, did all of uh, Metallica's albums. I got three quarters of uh, Megadeth's albums, and I think I did. I got some Ozzy and other stuff. So I'm still picking and choosing, getting other things here and there yeah i've got the same rule for music as i do for movies where i I will be perfectly fine for the most part with my spotify Mm -hmm. and then for bands that i really really love i will i will definitely i will listen to them on spotify but i will also go out and buy the cd maybe even Mm -hmm. buy buy the vinyl as well i might do both just to support them (laughs) extra mile yeah although the the vinyls are way expensive now yeah they can get pricey that's why I'm, I'm super get, picky get, with like them. Uh, like a limited edition uh, picture disc and stuff. I've seen some of the uh, some of our Iron Maiden stuff is like 70, 80 bucks. I was like, whoa, yikes! I'm not paying that. <laughs> yeah. Well, for record <laughs> store it. day this I year, love it, but... this year for record store day, they released um, Star Wars. Did they released a a, a porg shaped record with only two songs on it? I think it had Canto Bite, <laughs> and it had jeez. Uh, the rebellion is reborn or, mm-hmm. the, or the spark. I yeah. can't remember. It had two tracks on it and it's a $38 record. Huh. <laughs> Yikes. I, I really badly want this, but mm-hmm. I don't know if but, I'm going to pay $38 wanna... for two yeah. songs that I already have in other multiple formats. Yeah. Except it's, it 
Like you said, it's a pork-shaped record that you can probably put into the nice frame and hang on the wall. Yeah, well, that that was that was so the it really only doesn't matter to what what doesn't mean doesn't really matter what tracks are on it. You're not gonna listen to it. Gonna hang it on the wall. Probably, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's solely to own as a collectible. That, that is that's right. the end of it. The collectible, right? All right, so John Williams, for obvious reasons, he's near and dear to every single person listening to this podcast. And if he's not, well, then leave. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Be gone. Adios. All right. Third name on your list. Okay. Third name has got to be um, real one of those same things. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Another one that without his Im- imagery, without his designs, um, and the look of the, mo- of the franchise wouldn't be the same at all. He is to the look and, as John Williams is to the sound. Yeah. Now I've gone through. Now I'm not. I'm not a huge. Um, I'm, I don't like. You know, you got some people that are, just have a huge knowledge base of uh, of Macquarie's work, and that um, I've looked at some. You know, some of the stuff over the years. Um, this I was, can't remember who it was. Maybe you've talked about uh, the Macquarie book or the or the artwork or something on one of the podcasts. I did recently talk about Macquarie. One of one of the books based on Macquarie. It was it's the Illustrated Star Wars Universe by I think Kevin J. Anderson wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the poor man's like, version. Like, was, okay, well there was there was one somebody was talking about it was like really pricey. I was like, well, yeah. I was I talking about it, that in the same uh, conversation. Like the the uh, one I bought was more it's, books. It's more words. It's 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 an actual book complemented with pictures. Mm-hmm. And there's a two a, a two book uh, set, which runs about two hundred dollars, with a slipcase and everything. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's something. It's on my Amazon wish list. One day I think I'm gonna pick it up, but mm-hmm. it, it's absolutely amazing what's in that book. But yeah. you're right. Like his the what he laid down forty plus years ago is still being drawn on today to produce mm-hmm. the, the new stuff. It's it's the legacy is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Kind of, I, I think we're actually seeing more of his uh, stuff in, influ- influencing now than um, in the, uh, like say, say the, uh, the original trilogy. Um, that might not be like too they, far they, from they the truth. They seem to be pulling a lot more. From, like um, the new, the quote unquote new X-Wing design. I actually came. I came across a painting of his from oh, probably early '70s or something. It, it was that same engine design of the um, you know, one cylinder together, and then when the, when the S foils opened up, it split in ha- split in half. Yeah. Like the uh, the what ship is that? T seventy. The T seventy. Uh, I think so. I think it's the, the, the T seventy or, or post T eighty five or something. And, and, and the uh, the other ones it was a T sixty five the Luke's thing, anyway. So, so you know, like the uh, the older Model X wing was uh, you know, the, like four nodules on the S foils. So I came across I was like, holy crap, that's a, that's like that's Pose X wing design. And then um, watching watching Rebels, uh, see the helmet design and stuff. And I was going through some of Macqu- uh, other Macquarie stuff and looking like. Um, like a, a biker scout, um, Ezra's uh, uh, Ezra's helmet, 
Um, what else was it? Um, oh, uh, Dog Vader. The look of Dog Vader and uh, Rebels. That's almost, almost exactly what uh, Macquarie uh, had envisioned. Um, what the heck was the other droid? Uh, the protocol protocol looking droid that was over running around Chopper? Uh, P5? AP5. AP5, yeah. <laughs> it's a, an, One of my favorites. That was another, another design that was... Um, Really close to uh, one of uh, Macquarie's droids. Uh, hang on, matter of fact, uh, Zeb's uh, Zeb's design uh, came from uh, what he had envisioned for uh, for Chewbacca originally. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do you did you did watch Rebels, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the episode Warhead, which I think took place in season three or four, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um. So remember that droid that sort of infiltrated the rebel base? It landed. Uh, in, it was it was an imperial droid. It kind of, in its regular form, it was just this, this docile looking blue protocol droid. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's oh it's, yeah, and then it turns turns like a turns into like a like a giant murder bot or something. Yeah. So that robot looks ex- very much like the uh, uh, Macquarie concept for C three PO. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it, it like it's it's a straight ripoff, almost. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really obvious, especially in the eyes. And it, what's funny about that robot is, it I think that came out maybe just before, or just after Rogue One. Yeah, that came out just after Rogue One, and so people mm-hmm. were saying, "Well, why isn't that droid uh, like a K two droid?" Uh huh. Like, why didn't why why couldn't you just make that connection? Just make it the same kind of droid. And I think Dave Filoni said. Uh, if I had known, because of course these episodes are in the can long before they ever hit, hit the TV screen. So if I had known, if I had been more involved, I would have done that. Like that would have been one of those uh, K2SO looking droids. One of those, one of those K, yeah, K2, uh, K droids, yeah. Which would have been pretty cool too. But I, 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 and another interesting question you, with regards mm-hmm. to Macquarie's work, again, like a similar question to what I had with, with, um, Ryan Johnson's new music or new trilogy with, with the music. Mm. Will they continue? I, I don't know if they will use Macquarie's work as inspiration for this new trilogy, or if they just completely uh, go blank and say, let's the whole thing mm-hmm. is just got it. We got to, we got to tear up the playbook and go new. That is, that is another story. There's a step, a particular look that this franchise has. The, in the costume design, the craft design, um, uh, planet design, dro- uh, droids, and, and there's just aspects of that that stem from Macquarie's work that you look at that and you say, okay, that's Star Wars. Uh, yeah. If they go and change all of that, it's going to be like, it's just going to be another sci- sci-fi uh, franchise, and that's it. That but is I mean, the challenge, just, right? Just look at, I mean, just look at Star Trek. They've had many iterations of uh, Star Trek over the years. But I'm saying this is getting a little sacrilegious being on a Star Wars podcast, but people hear me out. It's fine. You look, you look at um, the um, the different iterations of all the uh, series over the years. There's things in there that immediately you see it, you know, that's Star Trek. It's, uh, it's the same same thing. There's just some elements that could, uh, would have to be. Um, consistent th- throughout these other uh, other fran- um, 
not franchise, but these next movies and stuff, they would keep it, um, they'd keep it the same. There has to be something instinctually recognizable about it, right? Mm-hmm. You may not be able to put your finger on it, but you should be able to look at some of these things and go, oh, that's Macquarie. This is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if they're okay. setting this, even if Ryan Johnson's or any of the, the upcoming stuff, even if it's set 500 years or 5,000 years before our current timeline, I think it still needs to kind of reflect that to some level. It, I don't think it should, right. I don't think they should stray too far. And I, I know they're going to have their own artists and they'll inevitably have their own uh, take on these things. But somewhere in there has got to be Macquarie's fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. And, and um, there was saying, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> What's another brain fart at uh, 1045 right. at night? Mm-hmm. All right, so Ralph McQuarrie, obviously one of the luminaries of Star Wars history. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think we need to honorable mention Joe Johnston. I, I feel like he kind of okay. gets overshadowed. So a little shout out to Joe Johnston for the work he did in in the same kind of scale of McQuarrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree. All right, so let's uh, let's wind up your list. Who's mm-hmm. Who's pulling up the rear here on your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars? Okay, my... Last mention, which is actually should be position. If you ask her, she's going to say it first, but I'm going to have to put her in second, is my wife, my other enabler. <laughs> now, she and she also not a huge Star Wars fan. She likes the stuff, but um, as far as, you know, collecting and stuff goes, I'll, I'll see something like, hmm, should I get it? And before I even turn turn around, she's got it in her hand, <laughs> putting it in the basket. I'm like, okay, guess I'm getting this. <laughs> You've been given permission. And, Do it. And, and she and she ribs me sometimes. I'll be uh, walking through uh, Walmart. We're going going down towards the back, and she's like, "Where are you going? Like, going to the back of the store?" I roll, in. of course, you are. <laughs> of course, come on. <laughs> My, and, yeah, I think I think our wives, any wife that is is married to a Star Wars nerd or flip the script any any husband that is married to a Star Wars nerd you know it's it's a sickness mm-hmm. and we're this is just what we do and you're just going to have to learn it's to live a, with that it's not a sickness it's not a sickness <laughs> i could stop anytime i want oh sure you can <laughs> i just don't want to yeah kicking and screaming i'll stop now what's funny is um and I'm sure pro- probably a lot of people have had, had this um, when um, what do you call it? the uh, the Vintage series had just come out, and I lucked out. And I think they must have just put them out on the shelves. I they out of the six of them, uh, five of them are still on the shelf. Uh, Kylo Kylo was missing. So I ended up grabbing three of them and leaving two. Had to leave two in there because I mean they were um, how much were these? But they had the time. Uh, whatever, around seventeen bucks now. The, the, the vintage series. Yeah, for, for me, there's, there's seventeen ninety nine. Yeah. Okay, it was, it was pretty pretty close. So I, I grabbed three of them. Walking back over the thing, my wife's like, "What do you got? Oh, yeah, check it out. Is the, uh, the the new vintage series? Like, is he is he these card backs? These 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 I remember from when I was a kid. Like, Wait a minute, that's Ray, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like, you got that one ready. Like, I don't have it on this card. Yeah, I don't have this cardboard. 
Of course you don't. <laughs> that, that's the whole. Right? That's the whole allure of this vintage collection. It's for the mm-hmm. piece of cardboard. It's for the. It's for the nostalgia. It's it's all that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And again, with these new movies, I wonder how they're going to treat the whole merchandising aspect of it all. Yeah, well, I mean, they, you see, they change, kind of changed up the merchandising with the uh, these uh, <clears throat> with Solo and uh, Last Jedi. That you know, mostly um, products before that had you know, Star Wars, uh, Rogue One, Star Wars. Let um, <laughs> other movie, The Last Jedi, and then <laughs> now Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it with the Force Awakens? It's, it's that, oh my god. Anyway, and then with just uh, Solo and the Last Jedi, it, it just says Star Wars. It's just uh, Last Jedi is just in red. Solo's in just yellow. So they're they're kind of changing that up, uh, and I don't know why. Yeah, it's got a bit of a different look, but uh, I am I am all in with this vintage collection mm-hmm. now. It's it's uh, yeah, they they've got me, mm. especially with the new figures that are coming soon. Wow. But anyway, yeah, so- I, saw, I saw those ones. I'm really looking forward to uh, once those ones come out and get and grab those too. But it, it isn't like to bring it back to your wife for a sec. It's it's super helpful when the person who you share your life and this and a home with is okay with you and this hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes things so much easier. It's, it's like my wife is really forgiving and I'm in the process, this really slow glacier like process of converting not just a room in the basement, but the whole basement into sort of an, a nerd haven for myself. And oh, I, I've awesome. got like star Wars curtains up. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's totally cool with it. That's cool. So yeah, when you have a wife that yes, wa- that uh, cooperates and goes to the movies with you, it it makes it makes this fan doing being a fan to this level infinitely more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was uh, last year when the you, the um, the centerpiece uh, pieces the, the first two that came out have uh, it was uh, Darth Vader with the uh, with the laser blast, and then uh, you were talking about you got. Is the the other one with Luke Skywalker on top of the uh, Adat's foot? Yeah, those centerpieces. Um, last year, and they they had them out over at Walmart. I went went up one aisle to get get something in automotive. I come come back, see see her. I walk up next to her, look down in the shopping cart, and there's the uh, dog Vader centerpiece. I was like, "Oh, really? Like, you want it, don't you?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> get it." Go for it. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then now what, I've been uh, keeping an eye on stuff when they go on sale over Walmart, it's like the um, Ray Speeder and uh, Luke Speeder on the uh, the Black Series six inch. Yeah, that one. They was, were that was, that was yeah, way they up normally there. like yeah, they were like forty five bucks. Um, the Ray Speeder got dropped down to twenty five, and I snatched it up. Oh. And then and then they put them back back up to forty five, and they were like forty five for ages. And then finally, um, they had they had them all kind of stacked up on one of the end caps. And I went by one one day, and uh, the the uh, display had changed. I was like, "Where the hell did they go?" There was like six or seven of these damn things here. Went over into, into clearance. They had about was about three or four of them left there, and they had them walked down to fifteen bucks. That's and incredible. So, so 
Luke's Luke's uh, speeder. I was like, mine. And I'm on the phone with the wife. I said, hey, you remember those? Uh, remember Luke's speeder? Uh, she's like, don't you got that one? No, I said, no, that's Ray's speeder. I got Luke's speeder. <laughs> the other one, the big long one. It's like, oh, you're not paying 45 bucks. I was like, no, they marked it down to 15. Like, you got it, didn't you? Like, yeah. <laughs> it dried my hot little hands. <laughs> Our, our, I'm looking. I just looked on uh, Toys R Us on our website here in Canada, and it's marked down from $99 to $69.98. That is our oh. sale price for Ray Speeder. <laughs> wow. So that one is going to stay own. right where it is until okay. further notice. Or until some, somebody comes across one for 15 20 bucks and mails it to you. Well. That would be nice. Yeah, I, maybe. Like, it, it could it, it could be me, but I haven't seen them on the shelves in about three months, so unfortunately. They may be out of luck. Nah, or maybe one of, our one of our listeners will come across one, and we'll get one for Christmas. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that, because that, that's one of the things that, as you know, as we build up this community and we make friends here and there and everywhere, we're kind of like keeping an eye out for one another. Oh, I heard mm -hmm. that so-and-so is looking for this. Oh, like, you know, you happen to be in a Walmart or a Toys R Us, and you see something. You take a shot in the dark and say, "Hey, dude, I heard. Were you looking for this?" And sometimes you get a positive answer, and I'll, okay, I'll grab it for you. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. funny, like we're, we're kind of like this, uh, kind of like Hydra in that respect. In that, well, we're everywhere. We got eyes everywhere. Look, looking out for each other, got each other's backs. Absolutely. So, and what was the other thing? Um, then, um, what the heck was it? Okay, no, no time. We were. Uh, I was looking for something. Oh, um, you remember the uh, six-inch uh, Black Series uh, Tie Fighter, first order Tie Fighter? Oh, do Everybody I ever? Was saying, oh yeah, yeah. I've seen it in Ross. I've seen it in Ross. I'm looking oh, we at go it to right Ross. now. Oh, you lucky son of a gun! <laughs> and we went over to Ross. And I was like, ah, oh, they ain't got it. I look, I look at them on the back on the back shelf. They got uh, five of the uh, the ATSTs for twenty, like twenty-one, twenty-two bucks. I was like, ooh. Look what I'm getting. He's like, of course you are. <laughs> so I gra grabbed that and I'm grabbing a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Princess Leia from uh, uh, Rebels action figure for uh, like four bucks and a couple of uh, art pieces for like eight bucks. <laughs> so like, oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. It's like, all right, slow down. Like, slow down. Slow roll. <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? I already got everything. Like, okay. Yeah, it, think, it, it can get out of hand pretty quickly when it comes to collecting. You gotta be, you gotta be really careful. Uh, what do you call it? The uh, last year when uh, what was that? Uh, uh, Thrawn and uh, Hera came out, and they were Thrawn Hera, um, the Ray and uh, Luke, uh, old man Luke. Those came out. Yep. Like uh, that. Get it, grab the Hera and grab Th uh, Thrawn. They're gonna go real quick. So I was like, grab them. I think I grabbed three of them and put them, put them on layaway. Got them. And the funny thing is, both those those figures I've, I saw for about six months after that through, throughout different stores. I was like, eh, that's all I got it. <laughs> now, I saw I saw Hera. I saw enough Hera's, but I didn't see any Thrawn. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of them in the, uh, Walmart. It was like about one time. I think it was like five or six at one point. I did have a Thrawn, away. but I, I picked it up because I'm not, a, I don't love the character, 
So I bought the six inch black series and I, I gave it, we gave it away on the show. It was uh, Rob cast who won okay. it, mm-hmm. okay. who, who is now in San Diego <laughs> for, for SDCC's lucky bastard. Mm-hmm. So did, yeah, I, was, I was tempted to te- text him this afternoon and say, see, see if he would be up to grab me, uh, Afra, um, Afra and, uh, that one, uh, Limited, limited edition ones. I think they were doing that at San Diego one day. Yep. <laughs> He's got an, I've contracted his services on that one. Mm, I was <laughs> contemplating. I was like, nah, it's kind of a short notice on top of it. And I'm, I'm sure he's going he's to be try, trying to come back with like 15 of these things. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully we, he, he does that for us when he, when he goes down there. Cause he's, he's not a collector, but he's aware that we uh, go nuts for this stuff. Now, yourself and your wife, like, will she go to the movies with you, or is it sort of? Oh yeah, yeah, you can go, but I'm not going with you. Oh no, no, I, well, it wasn't so much that she go to the movies with me. It's more of I dragged her. <laughs> oh yeah, she, she's not um, given a choice. Well, we've had we've had an, we've had had an issue with um, one of the theaters that we, we went to see um, the Force Awakens and uh, well, actually, we went to see the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and uh, Rogue One at um, one of the uh, Regency theaters, and. I'm telling you, they had the freaking music so effing loud. I mean, we got out of the the Last Jedi. She had a splitting headache about half, had gotten about halfway through. She said, "I did not enjoy that movie." <laughs> so I was like, "All right, we're gonna have to find another theater." We, we found an, um, a a uh, Cinemark, and it's actually a lot closer. Not quite as comfortable the seating, but it, you know, more convenient. Prices are cheaper. So I went, went to see uh, Solo there, and the volume was not at an unbearable level. And, and it, when you talk to somebody who listens to heavy metal with headphones, almost a full volume, <laughs> quite a lot. To the say bar is already the high. Was, yes, to say the music was too loud, it's too loud. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So uh, she was kind of re- reluctant to go to uh, Solo with me. But after sitting down, music started. Watched the trail. It's music started, um, and she looked at me. She's like, "Give me, give me a thumbs up." And I was like, "Okay, this this isn't uncomfortable, but <laughs> so we're good." Yeah, and you, she you, you don't have to blow people's brains out. Yeah, she absolutely loved the movie. Is that as a um, when we get it back on when I get it on Blu-ray, you going to sit and watch it again? I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. That that, that was that movie I liked. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm it, lucky. My wife has enjoyed all, all the movies since since Disney took over. Mm-hmm. Um, all four of them. My wife's like, yeah, I like that movie. So whenever we have it on, the kids, my kids love all of them as well. Mm-hmm. And so whenever it's on, it's it's not like it's a fight. Like, oh no, not this again. <laughs> yeah. No, she enjoys it. And the same would go for, I guess all all ten movies at this point. She's like, yeah, cool, put it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, and it's uh, it's keeping the kids entertained and all that. You included and so. indoctrinated. Let's let's not like, let's call it what it is. Yeah. They're quiet. I'm happy. <laughs> they're they're learning. Yeah. All right. How well, kids? Uh, my kids, uh, my daughter is seven, seven, oh, seven and a half, and my son mm-hmm. is uh, four. Oh, okay. So fairly small. Perfect, you get, you get perfect age for to mold their minds to the ways of the force. All right. About uh, about ten ten years, and then they'll be like, oh, "Dad, don't bother me." <laughs> uh, I don't even. I don't think it's going to be that long. <laughs> <laughs> but 
might be another four or five for my in my daughter's case. And uh, yeah, sometimes my son already oh, no, my son's already there. Sometimes <laughs> he gives he gives the eye roll. Oh, Dan, yeah, Dad, stop. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Nudge, nudge, nudge. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. So we have your mom. John Williams, Ralph McQuarrie, and your wife, which is a great, uh, it's a good blend of the tried and true and the personal, which is exactly what I'm going for on this podcast, Mike. Thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. And also, I, I got to thank you as, as a powerful friend. You guys make this happen. So thank you for your support and your faith in Tumbling Saber. It means so much. And that, that'll do it for this episode of Worthy of Recognition. I hope you enjoyed it. And for those of you who have not yet joined me on this show, I'm coming for you. <laughs> We're coming for you. I we will, know where I you will sink my hooks into you. You will be on this podcast at some point. And I look forward to speaking with each and every one of you. But for now, we're going to say goodbye. Mike, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Gundark2000. And if you're part of the Tumbling Saber uh, Facebook group or the uh, Talk Star Wars groups and that, I'm also on there as uh, Mike Meshelaney. Absolutely. So come and say hi. Yep. Come come mix it up and uh, come shake the beehive and we'll be happy to talk to you there. And that's it for this month. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you again, Mike, for joining us and for your support. And we'll talk to everybody in episode 136 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. Have yourselves a great weekend, and we'll talk soon. 